quality information should just not be the preserve of the elite. We threw away one of the most important negotiating levers. There is no time to waste. The future is in your hands. Make it bright. Hello and welcome to the WestPod, a podcast developed and delivered by the Warwick Economic Summit team. The Warwick Economic Summit, or WES, is the largest student-run economics conference in Europe. Continuing our 21-year legacy and the aim of hosting, delivering, and sparking conversation, we launched the WES pod in order to share the lively debates and enthralling conversations. This week, we will be hearing from Joelle Drisani, our 2022 WES ambassador from the University of Bocconi on the trade economic geography of Trump and Brexit. You can find more information about the summit, new releases, and more content on our social media, which are linked in the show notes. I have visited the laid-off factory workers and the communities crushed by our horrible and unfair trade deals. These are the forgotten men and women of our country, and they are forgotten, but they are not going to be forgotten long. These are people who work hard but no longer have a voice. I am your voice. It's July the 21st of 2016, and Donald Trump, the Republican nominee for the US presidential elections of that year, is pronouncing these words at the GOP National Convention in Cleveland. Presenting himself like a messiah, he's ready to subvert the globalist pro-trade philosophy of his most ridden predecessor, scrapping all those trade deals that do not seem to be so mutually beneficial. America has to be made great again, protected from the restricted trade that is arming her, and its workers have to be defended from the external enemies which are importing goods into the US. Imagine Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton say this would require a good deal of imagination. The consequences of this new rhetoric and policy platform led, as we know, for example, to the construction of the wall along the Texas-Mexico border, to the repeal of NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, and to the trade war with China. All policies doubly beneficial for the nation. But, for sure, we must recognize Trump's success in understanding the malcontent of the blue-collar class, whose welfare had been decreasing as a consequence of free trade. Free trade, we all know, expands the consumption possibility frontier and maximizes aggregate surplus. It promotes competition, which lowers prices, and favors the circulation of new ideas, which foster innovation. This has been true since the times of David Ricardo and his on the principle of political economy and taxation. But, in many cases, changing the sums count for very little, while changing individual incomes are deeply relevant. This is, instead, a quotation from the Swedish economist Bertin Olin, 1933. His model of international trade, the Hecht-Rollin model, provides for some unequal effects. The owners of the relatively scarce factor of production will be harmed in terms of real remuneration when their countries open up to trade by specializing the production of the comparative advantage good and importing the comparative disadvantage one. The USA are indeed relatively scarce in low-skill labor and therefore their factory workers are going to suffer from import competition from countries like China which have a comparative advantage in low-skill labor intensive good since relatively more abundant in population than in capital. Therefore, in the US, wages will decrease and factories will close. 
Manufacturing made the US great in the 1950s, fueling the American dreams, building the nation middle class. But those times are gone. Cars are Japanese and still Chinese. The decline of the Rust Belt, the industrial core of the US, in which not by chance Cleveland is located, is linked for sure to many other causes. The lack of competition in both labor and output markets, the technological progress which brought automation, substituting the expensive labor, and so forth. But trade and specialization played an important part too. Voters felt it this way, at least, and Mr. Trump caught it. Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Pennsylvania, Ohio switched sides in 2016. If we go through the 2016 presidential elections map, we clearly see that Trump received a larger share of votes in rural counties and micropolitan areas. It's there that TAA workers, it has those workers entitled to the trade adjustment assistance, since more affected by global competition, are more concentrated as a share of the whole employment base. Instead, along the coast and in the top tech hubs, where human capital intensive activities take place, votes went to Hillary. Austin, Texas, and Durham, North Carolina, both characterized by one of the highest Bloomberg Brain Concentration Index in the nation, voted for her despite belonging to traditional conservative states. You can easily spot them on a county level map, tiny blue dots in a red sea. We don't want to oversimplify. Cultural, religious, historical reasons hold water too, of course, but economic vulnerability to trade explains a lot of things in the 2016 US presidential election. A similar pattern can be found in the UK too. Here again, there is a story of leaving behind to be narrated, and the framework is even more complex. The 2019 UK election, in which Boris Johnson triumphed, saw the Red Bull fall. We are talking about what the industrial core of the country was, about those constituencies located in northern England and in the Midlands, which had been for a century the labor heartlands, populated by blue-collar workers who had never voted blue all their life. Sedgefield, Bishop Oakland, Workington, and many others. Heavy industry and coal mining were the specialties of these areas, but as the industrialization began in the 1980s with the Thatcherian economic revolution, many factories were closed, workers laid off, unionism dismantled. Globalization and free trade further worsened things for the region, scarce in human capital and left with no investment. Low-skilled workers started arriving visa-free from the EU countries of Eastern Europe, taking up low-paid jobs. Imports of manufacturing goods from China and Southeast Asia meant lower prices for consumers, but also less on production of them. UK's GDP shifted towards services, though many workers have been unable to relocate there due to under-education and skills mismatch. The new labor, which shifted towards the centre under Tony Blair, embracing more free trade and global instances, increased its support in the capital land, which benefited more from the new economic structure, but it didn't manage to provide the right solution for the rest of England, where it lost support. Brexit and the one-nation tourism seems instead a good way out. It's in this way that we arrived to the Workington men voting leave in 2016 and Bojo in 2019. People feel let down, that's the reality of it, Acknowledges to BBC Radio 4 Ian Levery, Labour Chairman and President of the National Union of Mine Workers. Guess which was instead the sole constituency Labour gained from Conservatives in the last election? 
the gentrified Putney in southwest London, where 50% of the residents is classified as managerial, administrative and professional socioeconomic status and in which Remain obtains 75% of preferences. Its citizens, who are doctors, lawyers and so on, didn't lose their job because of trade and enjoyed the benefits of having a low-cost Eastern European house made at their disposal and the best food and beverage products from all parts of the world. Voting for the man who was desperately trying to get Brexit done would have been a bit counterintuitive. And neither so counterintuitive nor so unpredictable were the Brexit and Trump votes in 2016, after all, looking backward. The voters' choice to support the withdrawal from the EU and the GOP candidate may have proved exposed to have been detrimental to their long-term welfare, but their choice can be regarded as completely rational. Trade, as we see, explains a lot of things. Thank you for listening. That's Joelle Giussani for Westpod World Week Economic Summit 2022. The Warwick Economic Summit. The Warwick Economic Summit. Warwick Economic Summit.